walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. This is a podcast about mental health and wellness, as well as self-empowerment for Black women. I'll help you chase that fire that you have from within. Just got to trust the process. I'm your host, Ursula, and each week I promise to deliver relevant topics and resources that affect our community So just remember, once we identify the problem is when we can start to heal. So again, welcome to season two, and thank you for returning. I'm very excited as usual. And once again, we have a new look. I'll open up the place a little bit more so you can see a little bit more. We're still doing a little construction over here. But I have a new look, new resources, new guests. We have some returning guests one that we have waiting in the waiting room. So I'm very excited about that. Let me know that you're here. Type where you're tuning in from. I'm having global listeners now. So I want to hear from you. Where are you? Say hello. If you're catching this on the replay, please type replay in the comments. Make sure you start a watch party or share. I would really love that like and comment during the, this live. You know, we're all family now. We, we, we're we starting to bond. So let me know your thoughts. <clears throat> and, you know, every, every little bit helps. And it also helps podcasters. So we have another special guest from last week, the beautiful Sarah Komodo. And I would like to read her bio like I did last week, just for the news listeners, if you are just tuning in. So, Actually, I think I'm going to let Sarah talk about her mini bio. Why not? We're going to get right into it. So, Sarah, I'm bringing you on now. Let's see. Hi again. (laughs) How are you, Sarah? I'm really well, thank you. How are you going? (laughs) I'm well. Thank you for returning again. Mm. My listeners really enjoyed you last week. They really did. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) So if you all cannot tell, Sarah has a beautiful accent. Sarah, can you tell everybody where you are streaming from? Yes. um, I live in Melbourne. Uh, Australia but I'm from the UK but I've been here for about 18 years Uh, so you'll hear my English accent (laughs) might sound a little bit Australian but um, mainly English (laughs) I hear it sprinkled in there a little bit what brought you to Australia I never asked you that Uh, well I came on holiday with my then uh, boyfriend his family emigrated here um back then we came for a holiday loved it so decided to take a year out and come here and then go to university here in australia but that was in perth really and and then yeah did uni here and then i mean we broke up but i had a good job and friends so decided to stay and get my permanent residency and citizenship and that's it yeah wow. the rest is history <laughs> i didn't know that so yeah. I see people are coming in now. You all drop in, say hello. Let me know who you are. And Sarah, can you tell everyone what kind of coach you are? 
Yeah, so I'm a narcissistic abuse recovery coach. So I help people heal uh, after they've been through or found out that they've been in a narcissistic or abusive relationship. So that can be anything from emotional abuse, uh, psychological, mental, financial, verbal, all of those kinds of of abuses. Sometimes it's physical abuse as well, but it's mainly that hidden abuse, the emotional abuse, um, which we don't really know about it until we've had the experience until after the fact. Mm. So trying to raise awareness and educate people on the fact that if something doesn't quite feel right in your relationship, then maybe there's something going on that uh, you don't know about. Mm. Right. Wow. So um, I want you all to take a look at Sarah's Instagram. You can get all her information. I put it in the show notes already. So even if you dip <laughs> out a little bit, go ahead and click on the link that I put on there and it's going to take you directly to Sarah's contact information. So Mm -hmm. Sarah, can you just give us a little quick summary of what we talked about last week with the overt narcissism? Yeah, so last week was about the overt narcissist, which is also like the grandiose um, narcissist, the loud and proud one. The one that everyone knows is a bit difficult or maybe arrogant, um, thinks they're amazing, Everyone knows who they are. Uh, And yeah, nothing is hidden, hence the word overt. They are the same, usually out of the home as they are inside the home, with no regard for how you feel or anyone else around them, actually. They'll be the the rude person in the restaurant, rude to the waiter, um, you know, kind of quite aggressive sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. No filter. None. I, I, it's my reality, but I know exactly what that is. And it's horrible. Mm. It's embarrassing Mm. and it's horrible. It's so embarrassing. Yes, you have to feel you have to cover up for them or apologize for their behavior or like their behavior reflects onto you as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So everyone today we are going so last week, as Sarah just said, we talked about overt narcissism. Tonight, we're going to focus on covert narcissism. So mm-hmm. I'll give you some experience that I had with it. Ugh, this is hard for me. This is triggering. But I'm going to get through this. Yeah, but, um, you will. I had a, I had a covert narcissistic relationship. And I had no idea until, just like you said, until it was over. Mm. And I always had this little nagging feeling that something just wasn't right. But because of my own, I was trauma bonded. So Mm. I will admit I chose not to see some things. But, you know, I'm glad that's over. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely an experience, isn't it? Oh God. It's like a roller coaster ride that never ends. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you're out of it, that's when you realize like how did I even survive through that every single day? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what are what are some other characteristics of an overt Covert narcissist. Covert? Yes. Yeah, so the, the covert narcissist is the hidden kind of narcissist. Um, some people call them the insecure narcissist or the vulnerable, vulnerable narcissist. So it's the one that has the perfect image outside of the home, the perfect father, the perfect husband or wife, uh, per- perfect mother, perfect colleague, boss, whatever it may be. And behind closed doors, it's like the wolf in sheep's clothing. They are the complete opposite in the home. Um, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that kind of character, um, like to be seen as a pillar of the community. It could be like preachers, it could be um, community members, people who want to be seen as good people. But behind closed doors, it's their family members who get the um, joy of seeing who they truly are, <laughs> which is the complete opposite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, the, you know, the killing part about it is you really don't see it at all because they 
they know how to have that mask on mm. and it's something yeah. else. It's firmly on and because they're usually well liked people or well respected, you kind of like and respect them or love them as well. So that when you see these glimpses, we tend to sweep them under the carpet because, oh, but they're so good in the community. They're such a nice person when they want to be. But it's not that they're actually nice. It's their love bombing or it's because, you know, they're happy, you know, with their supply so that you're kind of put on that pedestal and everything's calm in the home. There's no eggshells. But you know that it's coming. You you learn to um, recognize the cycles. That's what it happens. is. That toxic yeah. cycle. Can you explain to everyone what love bombing is? Yeah. So love bombing. Some people get confused with this. Love bombing is usually at the beginning of the relationship when it's laid on thick. It's a tactic used by these kinds of people uh, to secure you as supply. So it's they're doing and saying everything necessary to secure you as supply, to get you hooked, to get you to fall in love with them so that they can relax because they know they have you. Uh, so it could be wining and dining. People get confused. They think it's like fine jewelry, wining and dining, uh, fancy holidays. It's not always that. It's whatever is necessary for you as a person to get you hooked. So if it's uh, writing you poems, declarations of love, if it's doing things for you, they will do those things. It doesn't necessarily have to be those uh, typical romantic things. So whatever's whatever's going to work. So is that the same as mirroring? Uh, yeah. So usually it's like, well, I mean, this is very simplistic version. Well, I really love doing X. And they're like, oh, my God, I love doing that too. Or I don't like this. And it's like, no, I really hate that as well. So it's just whatever you say, they say it. And it gets you comfortable because they seem familiar to you because you are talking to yourself really when you bring it down it's like I really love to uh you know burn incense and burn candles and meditate oh my god I can't believe I love that too can you believe that and you feel comfortable and safe because they're just like you you know what when you said it's like talking to yourself yeah oh my god yes and then and then so that's how we get very comfortable and feel very safe with them but that is not sustainable for them. It takes a lot of energy. And then once they know you're secured, that's when the mask starts to slip. They can relax their shoulders and become more who they really are. But you've fallen in love with who they've pretended to be. Mm-hmm. And some people get confused. Like, usually it's the first few months, but the love bombing can go on for longer. It depends. If you didn't live together or knew if you are a different state or country, that love bombing can go on for years. You know, it's not just the initial stages, but when you're together, like consistently, uh, that's when their mask starts to slip. Wow. And you start to see those other traits. Interesting. You know, I was listening to this podcast and this woman said she was married for 16 years. And she always had that feeling, knew something was off. But she Mm. said one day he just came right out with it. And she just, she didn't know where she was going, left, right, up, down. She was in a really bad place. He he told her what he was or he, what did he, he do? He didn't tell. It's just, he just couldn't hide it. Or I guess he didn't yeah, want any to. longer. Yes, yeah. He and he's to. obviously got as much out of her as he wanted to or needed to, I think. Mm, yeah, because he ended up okay. having another uh, another lover. So there you go. Yeah. So that's the thing. It can go on for years. I have some followers who are married for 30 years, you know, um, mm. and didn't know until they find my page or pages like my page. Uh, always have that nagging feeling. But because of the cycles, they're not terrible all the time. If they were terrible all the time, we wouldn't stay. Exactly. And they know that. Mm. You're right. They know when to press the pedal and when to accelerate. Yes. And then I get a lot of questions like, do they know what they're doing? Do they really know? Well, it's like, okay, can they switch it on and off? Do they do it outside? No. Well, then they are aware. They can control how they are outside the home. And they're different inside the home. So that means they are aware on some level of what they're doing. Do you think they care? 
oh, they don't care. No, <laughs> they don't care. They just care about what they can get out of uh, people because we are uh, supply to them. We're fuel, energy. So a family is energy and supply to you. There's endless supply. You know, children love you unconditionally, no matter how terrible you are. So it's endless source of supply through their children. Yeah. Oh, speaking of supply, so can you explain what a primary supply is? Yeah, so primary uh, narcissistic supply or supply is uh, their energy source, like their fuel, Um, what keeps them going, what they need to be energized. So supply can be negative or positive. I think a lot of people get confused thinking supply is, oh, I'm not engaging with him, I'm not answering him, I'm not talking to him. But uh, you may still be checking his uh, Instagram or something like that. And he may see that you're doing that. That's supply. Also, getting you engaged in arguments or conversations is supply. It can be getting you into an argument. That is also supply. Supply is like tells them that they have control and power to get a reaction out of you. Mm. And it's, uh, it's like their kicks, I guess. And if you are primary supply, you're the main person who gives them supply. But uh, anyone can provide supply. It can be their boss. It can be their parents, their family members, their colleagues. Anyone who's going to uh, feed them and fuel their ego mm-hmm. is a supply source. But they usually have one main source of supply. They are dangerous. I, I think they're they the most dangerous narcissists. I mean, they all are, but that covert... Because nobody sees them coming and it's hard then for the victims and survivors to talk about them to people because they never get to see who this is. So it's hard for them to reconcile. What, really? They really didn't said that? No, they're always so charming. They're always so helpful and friendly. Yes, because they have to be for you guys. They don't have to be at home because they have you in this kind of cycle of abuse with their patterns of behavior. Yeah. So one of my friends, when I was starting to do my deep dive about mm-hmm. narcissism, and she sent me this article about, so I remember last week you talked about gaslighting. Well, I never mm-hmm. heard of this term called secondary gaslighting. Okay. Yeah. I've not heard that. You have what? I've not heard of secondary gaslighting. What's Yeah. So what it is, so you know how you have the regular gaslighting from the narcissist, Mm. just like you said, when you tell a family member or church member, whoever, and they'll say, well, no, are you sure? Well, maybe they Uh, have this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Still getting gaslighting with the secondary layer of it. And it makes it directly bad. Yeah. It's an indirect abuse mm. they're because not people um people are using their own experience and you know normal people usually have compassion and empathy so they're like surely they don't want to intentionally hurt you you sure you didn't misinterpret that and it makes you um mistrust your own gut feeling again yeah and then you stay longer because i'll give them another chance you know i'll give them another chance maybe it was me right so all you're hearing is that, you know, you're in the wrong and they're in the right. And then other people are saying that they are in the right or that you you maybe misinterpreted something. And then we go back into another cycle. Mm. Right. And then you're there 16 years later in that same toxic cycle and you don't know if you're coming or going. Yep. And in that time as well, you lose pieces of yourself. Like you're clinging on. You're obviously still there. And you know, you're aware that something's not quite right, but you constantly keep wanting to make yourself better because they keep telling you that it's you or you're the problem or why do you keep saying you're doing this? You internalize all of that and you're always trying to get better and do better, but nothing changes. So it's evident the problem doesn't lie with you. Right. But if you're being abused, you're not going to see that at all. No, you just want to keep doing better, keep loving them more keep giving more of yourself, keeping them happy so that you don't have to walk on those eggshells because their mood influences your mood and the, the household mood as well. Oh so if you have children, if you have children, you want to keep it all nice. 
And this is the confusing part. If they're a great provider, these are the things I've heard. Oh, but he's a great provider. Oh, but we have this beautiful home. Oh, but the children are still young. It's like, yeah, all those things are great, but at what cost? Right. What other things do you hear from clients in a vague sense? You don't be able um, to the, the reasons, uh, you know, people struggle to reconcile this kind of covert narcissist because they are great outside the home. And people tend to cling on to who they fell in love with, the image, that person. And they get confused thinking that maybe it's because he's depressed that he's like this. Or maybe it's because he lost his job. Or maybe it's because he's an alcoholic. Or maybe it's because he takes drugs. Or maybe it's because he went through trauma as a child. All these kinds of excuses, whereas it's a primary thing is who he really is. These are all just kind of secondary and peripheral excuses in a way justifications a person is who they are these are just reasons that exacerbate who they are they're yeah. not a narcissist second secondary to this they're a narcissist uh, primarily mm. are men or women what's the higher percentage of narcissism well it's really hard to find statistics as you can imagine because no one goes to get therapy narcissists don't tend to want to admit to being a narcissist with MPD or go to therapy unless it's very, very, very difficult for them to function. But that, it doesn't happen. That's why there's no uh, support groups for narcissists. There's no support groups for people with MPD as far as I know, because nobody admits to it. It's everyone else that's the problem. So the statistics as it stands are like, there are a high percentage of men who are the, um, the abusers. But I believe it's because, you know, women talk more, women open up more. Um, women are more in tap with their emotions in general. Men don't necessarily know that they're in a narcissistic um, abusive relationship because, you know, men are supposed to be masculine and strong and not weak. So it may be seen as weak if the woman is the one who is wearing the trousers, you know, so to speak, in the relationship. Yeah. And also women who are narcissistic or have NPD can fly under the radar as just being bitches or, you know, harsh you know right. what I mean? But, you know, if you have a narcissistic mum, she's a woman. She's a sister, a cousin, an aunt, a boss, a colleague, you know? So she, yeah. they're out there as well. I think they just Ooh. fly into the radar. Mm. You know, I always think of uh, in a covert narcissist as, like, if you're walking in the garden and you see something moving, you're not sure... And you think it's a belt. Well, when you step on it, it's a snake. That's a covert narcissist to me. Yeah, you step on it, it's a snake. And they're like, why did you stand on me? Why did you stand on me even though they're coming to attack you? Why did you step on me even though right. they're coming for you? You know? <laughs> yes. It's, um, I mean, you see those images on social media, like, you know, two people kissing. One person's got uh, the knife behind their back and they're the narcissist. You know, they are very uh, two-faced, uh, very, um, yeah, will throw you under the bus given any opportunity yeah. you know, to preserve who they think they are and who they want people to believe they are. That's why it's not worth exposing them. It isn't worth it. People want to get revenge or warn others of them. It isn't worth it because they always come out looking shiny and new and always the victim. So forget them focus on yourself. It Absolutely. really isn't worth it. Absolutely. Mm. I, I totally agree. I like what you said about the two-faced. Uh, so one of the many experiences I had, <clears throat> so we, my um, well, ex-boyfriend, the narc, we had this mutual friend who found out that he had cancer. So I told him about it that night. And I said, oh, you know, such and such has cancer stage four and he said oh yeah that was it so then when we were out at dinner about a week or so later we saw that mutual friend and he was in his hey how you doing oh like actually showing like he cares and i'm thinking yo that was not the reaction i saw <laughs> yeah yeah it was totally yeah. opposite and it Lights turned and up. It's light and day. Yeah. yeah. And um, those cold emotions or lack of emotions 
mm-hmm. are it, they have you in the moment perplexed like you're confused like why are they not reacting like or there could be something really sad on tv like anybody would have a have a tear for and they're just sat there cold and stony it just is not normal like i know there's nothing that is normal but there's just nothing there like blank no emotions none Mm. but then uh in public they are the show show person yeah oh yeah showing all 82 teeth Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah even shed a tear they know how to bring on the tears yeah um you know but kind of like a child the tears can come on and off very easily a Mm. child who's trying to get attention or seem remorseful a child doesn't yet know but the child learns eventually that these people don't get that kind of uh uh they don't have that skill they none they're like Mm. the walking emotionally dead yeah yes and some people may hear that and think that's very dramatic it isn't that's exactly how they are they there are very little to no emotions any emotion you do see is fabricated the tears are to keep you the tears are to make you feel sorry for them the suicide uh, threats are to get attention and to keep you you know the anger is to put you in your place so that you stay in your place the yeah. rage it's all for a re- it's not authentic or real it's always for their agenda and their their goal whatever that is at the time mm. Speaking of that, I want to read off a couple of the characteristics that you can give me your input on most of Mm. it. Can we do that? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Let's pull it up. So, all right. Covert narcissists. I'm going to read some of these notes. Insecure, passive, and quiet. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that passive part. I can see if it's a Passive aggressive. Uh, That's why some people get confused that, oh, are they really a narcissist? Because they're just so quiet. They never get angry. They don't shout. They don't say anything. They're very quiet. But, yeah, so quiet as in, like, um, internalized, don't really say much, don't really express much. But it's the energy that you feel from them. You feel their energy. So that's kind of like the passive thing. They don't raise their voice. They don't shout. They know better than that. Then you can't come at them and say, why are you being that way? They're just being nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not always. Not always, but uh, yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Their will matters most, but they know they can achieve more if they play by the rules. Yes. So their will so what they want is what is uh, most important to them but obviously if they want to look like a pillar of the community if they want to appear to be normal they get married they have children they have this family life so that they appear to be functioning so nobody would ever suspect that they're doing these things behind closed doors because but they have such a beautiful family oh but why would this person marry them so in their mind it's like if i just tick these boxes of what having a life looks like, then I can fly under the radar and slip into society and do what I do. Mm. Wow. So I do what's necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like the their counterpart, the overt narcissist, they don't give a damn what anyone thinks and mm-hmm. they'll just do whatever matters to them. Exactly. And, you know, there, there are gray areas. Some coverts have uh, overt tendencies and we'll show that sometimes and the same with the overt there are gray areas not just one thing just like we are all not just one thing um so yeah the covert can have tendencies when they are overtly narcissistic mm. okay well here's another mm. one they understand oof. this should have been in capital letters they <laughs> understand that a fake apology can keep people happy oh yes Oh, yes. I think every single victim and survivor of narcissistic abuse has heard a fake apology. There are some people actually, when I've done posts, they're like, oh, he never apologized. I never heard a sorry. Yes, he probably never heard a sorry, but it wasn't necessary for him to say it for you to stay. 
that's why they stayed. Sorry, wasn't necessary. He didn't need to go to those lengths, he or she. You know what I mean? But if that was necessary to keep you, then they will say it. They don't mean it, but it's easy to say words. I could say, and this is a, an example I've used before, I could say I'm a blonde girl from Iceland. Am I? No, it's just words. But if you just heard my voice, you wouldn't know. I don't know. So they could just say, they say anything that is necessary to get what they want. Ah, uh, they're the worst. Okay, here's another one. They care about their reputation and look, well, you already said this, and looking good so that they can make sure they're cover, that they cover their tracks. Yeah. No one ever suspects these people. Um, usually as well, once you take yourself away from these people, they go on a smear campaign. You may or may not hear about it. If you block everyone, you're not going to hear about it, but be sure that they are smearing you or at least coming out looking like the victim because no way can anyone sniff out who they truly are. Right. They, they can say you're this, you're that, and blah, 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 but everyone feels sorry for them and you're not there to say your bit. Can you explain to everyone what a smear campaign is? Yeah, so a smear campaign is basically, uh, as it sounds, the narcissist will uh, drag your name through the mud. So, it doesn't even matter what they say or what they don't say. Some people are really hung up about the smear campaign. Uh, my opinion, and I don't know, we're all different, is who cares? Anyone who believes what the narcissist says is as bad as them, in my opinion, or they're just uh, oblivious. I can't have those people around me. And mm -hmm. if they're not in my circle and they're not my friends, I don't care. And if they are or were your friends and they believe the narcissist, then your connection with them wasn't as strong as you thought it was. And that's okay. Let it go. Let it go and let them go if mm. they're going to believe it, if they're going to believe what they hear. Yeah, that's a tough mm. one. But it, it goes to do you want to be right or prove yourself right or do you want to heal? Yes. Do you want to be right or do you want to heal? I mean, sometimes they do, do go through the lengths of uh, you know lying in court, um, going to your colleagues or boss, trying to get you to lose your job by making up lies. Some, some people do go to those lengths, but usually it's just the immediate people who know of the relationship, um, if it was a romantic relationship. If it was a family member, then they'll smear you to other family members. Oh yeah. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. I know and, that. And that's okay. yeah. yeah, and if they want to believe it, they can believe it. That's fine. Your connection to them wasn't that strong to start with. You're better off on your own mm -hmm. with people because when you get, get rid of the noise and the toxicity, no matter what shape or form it takes, it makes room for the good ones who are in line with where you're headed because those people are not where you're headed. Exactly. You mm. starting to vibrate similarly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you vibrate away from these toxic people and leave them in the dust to their own problems. They can go and find someone else to uh, make their uh, main supply. Right. Okay, a few more. They're prone to depression with experience of a failed ambition and often feel fragile and empty. Yeah, so I, I get that. I understand that because if you had to be fake 24 hours a day and mm. wear a mask and operate on lies and have these crazy thoughts in your mind that you have to control everything and everyone, that would be exhausting. So, of course, they are going to be depressed or have elements of depression at some point in their lives. Because if you're trying to be the puppet puppet master and people don't fall in line or people try and make you accountable and you're trying so hard to put these pieces together or these uh, which are people trying to control them and they're not doing what you want, it's going to be exhausting. And it's going to depress you because you're not getting what you want. You're having a tantrum. Mm, a yes, I like how you said that, a tantrum, because that's really what it is. Yeah, it can be depression, cannot be depression, but it's a tantrum because things aren't working how you want it to. Mm -hmm. Towards the, the time end of after time after time, sorry. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, time after time. <laughs> yeah, just time after time, no matter what situation they're in, things don't necessarily go their way because people have their own minds and want to think their own way. You can't control everything at work. You can't control other people in your family. You can't control your loved one. You can try. You can't control your children. They will think how they want to think. Yeah. 
So they're mm. always going to be left disappointed, these narcissists. Which leads to that empty depression. shell yeah. and depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the relationship I had. Well, you know what? Let me keep it real. <laughs> it was already empty inside. But because, you know, that trauma bond, I couldn't see it. Mm. And when you know you cannot, you can only deny so much of what is really going on, and then yeah. you know, I just really saw a shell of a man with no, yeah, soul. yeah, and no foundation, they're built on nothing. This is the thing, and that's why they're fragile, or people see them as fragile, or people are described as fragile. But don't fall into the trap of feeling sorry for them, they use other people to fill them, and that's why they're never ever happy. You give and give and give and give, it's like a empty bucket it's like a bucket with a hole you keep filling they keep taking and they move the benchmark you love them more you give them more you do more for them it just keeps rising and rising and rising mm. that yeah wow and you know you're right because just when you think you're there you're right they just push it up move even it. further and then to be the assholes that they are instead of an inch sometimes they'll even Put it out a mile ahead, mm. knowing damn well, and then to watch you struggle yeah, trying to attain that. They yeah, so, they like that. Yeah, it's supply, it's fuel because it's they had the power to do that to you. They had the power to get you to do more, give more, love more, whatever it may be that you're giving them. It might be like money, even or roof over their head, or love, or affection, whatever it is. You're giving more, you're doing more, but as they're taking, that's why they call them. And people like that energy vampires, they're sucking the life out of you. Ooh. You know? We can do a whole nother topic on the energy vampires. <laughs> they will suck the damn blood, emotions out of you. Oh my God. Now, this one I did not understand, which is why I put it on my list. They mm. embrace their victimhood using their vulnerability to seem sensitive to gain affection. Hmm. That doesn't, I don't know. That's not clicking with me. So read that again. Sure. They embrace their victimhood using their vulnerability to seem sensitive to gain affection. Okay. So if you are the partner of a narcissist or somebody with NPD and you're an empath or empathic and kind and caring, if somebody's there being sad or you know, really sensitive and seem really honed in on their emotions, you gravitate towards them because you want to help them with whatever struggles they're going through. You want to nurture, you want to give, you want to love them more because they're really struggling and they're such a sensitive soul, you know, because that's the image that they've wanted to portray to get what they wanted, which could be your attention, uh, your love. They love to monopolize your energy and your time. So if appearing to be sensitive and kind of caring, that's probably how you were hooked in in the first place. And if you've been in this cycle of abuse and then you see this vulnerable side, you're going to be like, oh, see, that's the person I fell in love with. They are still there. So you stay that little bit longer. It's all just an act. Yeah. I don't know if they're aware it's an act. They just know it's what's going to give them the attention and supply that they need, the fuel that they need. Hmm. I think they know it's an act. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lying, so I don't know. Deep, deep, deep down, deep down, they do know because that's how they've operated for years. <sighs> they know what works as well with different people. They know what works. Right. And, and the thing is, for us, they are new to us. This kind of personality is new to us, usually. What do you but mean? To them, um, so usually if you've had a relationship with somebody like this, it's your first one before you start doing the research. I mean, romantically, right. there may have been others, but not as bad. But when you start doing the research and the Googling and you find out, it's like, oh my God. I mean, there are others down the track, but this is like the worst one, or it could have been a parent as well. But, um, what I mean with that is, oh, I can't remember, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I can't remember what I was saying. But uh, no, sorry, that's it. So yeah, this kind of person is usually new to us because we don't operate that way. We assume they operate and think how we do. 
But to them, they're normal. They're being normal. That's who they are, you know? So it's not like when we say, like, oh, is everything okay? Are you fine? They know they're not being fine, but it's also normal for them to be like that. Oh, it's their norm. Okay. You know? I get it now. I get it yeah, now. It's like, it's like their, their baseline normal, whereas to us, it's like, there's something wrong with you. Are you okay? It's like, no, I'm fine. And then you're there like, oh, have I said or done something? But to them, it's who they've been with their whole life. <laughs> you know? They are the mm. freaking worst. I swear to God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a trigger for me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mama, Put it this way. I, I wouldn't want to be one. I would not want to be one ever, ever, ever. No way. No. Mm -mm. And you know what? That goes to um, currently how people need to always practice that self-love and work on their inner self so that they won't be drawn to the trauma bond of someone yeah. like a narcissist, no matter what kind they are, because you'll be able to see their bullshit a lot quicker and easier and yeah. walk faster and easier. Just have those senses out be discerning and knock proof because they are everywhere to different levels. We, we see them, we work with them, we uh, may serve them if you work in customer service. They are out there, you know, but if you... Um, trust your intuition and your those gut feelings if something feels off i mean mm -hmm. this is once you've been through the healing process you know you know and you can still give people you know one chance but they have one chance oh. and you're very comfortable you're very because you know i don't just cut people off i was like okay i'll give you one chance oh I'll, I'll see and then they might do the thing and i'll say okay mm, that felt a bit strange okay one more that's it then you're done, and I'm good. <laughs> so Sarah, it's not like, like, no, 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 stay away. <laughs> Sarah, you're not having it, huh? Three, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, uh, and I'm good with that. Before, I would have been like chance after chance after chance after chance, and I get hurt. You get hurt. You know, there's, you have to, you get to a place where you learn. You learn what works. You learn who you are, and you know, okay, I know I've done everything within my power and control. I'm in control of me. I can't control you. I'll leave you over there because you're not you're not in alignment with where I'm going or who I am. So, and I'm good. I don't have any doubts like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have cut them off or maybe I shouldn't have. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, they, oh, they're the worst. Do they cheat a lot or are they monogamous for the most part? I don't know um, a lot. Usually, uh, and this is another thing that people get confused, and they're like, well, he didn't cheat. Well, he may or may not have, or she may or may not have. They just probably didn't tell you, obviously, or you didn't find out, or they covered their tracks. Who knows? But it, for me, I think it's not necessarily about cheating. It's just they are bottomless pits. Someone's giving you attention. If you're in a relationship, someone's giving you attention. You tell them, no, I, I'm in a relationship. Uh, please respect that. Them, it's like, oh, more supply. I'm going to go over there. They don't really think the same way as uh, you and I. Right. You know, it's it's just the bottomless pit of supply. There's no end to how much uh, adoration they can get or attention or fuel. Right. It energizes them, you know? So it's you not really, really I, don't, I don't believe it's really about the cheating, the fact that, oh, I can go and do this secretively, you know, might, might thrill them. But it's also just about bottomless, you know, bucket with a hole and just keep filling it with whatever they whatever's going to fuel them that's exactly what it is because their their bucket will never it will never it's fill fun. up so, that's why we can't give enough we can't do enough there is no enough and that's why it's better to just get out when you realize find a way make a plan get out safely and start rebuilding your life because you will filling that empty bucket and it will never ever and you will never ever be enough for them you are enough as you are but for mm -hmm. them you're, you're never going to be enough right Ooh. here's one more they believe that the world has shunned them because of their inherent superiority <laughs> I, I, I think 
some may believe that because uh, they do tend to be uh, arrogant and put themselves on a pedestal um, because they're amazing, of course, and they're great and they're a pillar of the community. But that is just their, their false self that they've created built on crumbs, you know, built on crumbs. And that's why they preserve it so uh, viciously. They preserve that image so viciously because it's built on crumbs. And at any moment, I think they fear people finding out who they are, the covert narcissist, that is. Exactly. So, mm. Can you explain to everyone what breadcrumbing is in case they do not know? Uh, breadcrumbing, um, that's where they just give you, it's like dangling the carrot. Mm -hmm. uh, giving you that the bare minimum attention or love or affection and this usually happens within the cycle of abuse they give you the bare minimum to just get back uh, get you back to claw you back this is I, I liken it to um, that dangling carrot you know uh, for example if you've been in a relationship for maybe two or three years and you've talked about marriage and children mm -hmm. and they're like oh I, I was gonna get you a ring I was going to marry you, I was going to propose, but you did this or you said that. So you're just, all you hear in that is propose or ring. So you're like, okay, I need to do, do what he says and, and keep everything nice because, you know, I want to marry this person because he's such a great guy or whatever. You know what I mean? Or I bought a ring. I bought a ring, but I'm not going to give it to you now because you, you just can't behave or you keep doing this or saying that. You know what I mean? So it's like the dangling carrot the thing that keeps you around, the breadcrumbs, the, the scraps of love and affection that right. become your norm. Because, mm. you know, your level of the, your standards have go way down when you're in a relationship like that. Right. The emotional manipulation with it is, it's never ending. Yeah. And when you're in it, you know, you can't see, you don't know. You know something's not quite right, but you just don't know. And that's why they call it hidden abuse. We all think abuse or domestic abuse or domestic violence is physical. No, that's just the uh, the last thing they can do. You know, usually when they are physically abusive, they've done all the other kinds of abuse as well. It's the lead up to that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, But yes, that is hidden abuse because it's insidious. insidious. It's slow and steady. There's patterns to their behavior. If you're not sure if you're dealing with somebody like that, think about the last time there was an argument, what happened, and you'll be able to fill in the gaps as to how many days or weeks or, in, or months even are in between. And it's mm. patterned behavior. Mm. Does the narcissistic relationship usually end up in physical violence? Or is it just um, verbal and emotional? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. And this is why there are gray areas. You know, um, narcissistic abuse is like hidden abuse. So physical abusers. I heard something uh, a few months ago that narcissists will use whatever's necessary for their target, whatever's necessary to keep you where they want you. If mm -hmm. verbal is enough, they're just going to do that. If um, oh. financial abuse is enough, they're just going to do that. If uh, silent treatment is enough they're just going to do that if those things don't work and you uh, keep challenging them then it can go towards physical because that may work I don't believe that just because they haven't been physical doesn't mean that they won't mm -hmm. that's just my personal opinion on that it's very well said because that they work with what they have with who's yeah. in front of them yeah, it depends. And and like I, I had a, um, a session with somebody who her husband wasn't physically abusive with her, but he was with his previous partner. Uh, well, it's because it, that was obviously necessary. It's not like he's changed. It's not changed his tactics. It's not like he's changed and it's not like you're better than her. It's just that that was necessary with her. It wasn't necessary with you. Wow. That's so yeah. unfortunate. So unfortunate. It is. It is. They, they're, they're very dangerous. Very. So if someone lives with, we're going to start wrapping it up. So everyone, 
Sarah has a beautiful baby girl. So <laughs> I would respect your wishes to keep it in the time. I have a few more questions if that's okay. Yeah. What if okay, someone yeah. lives with an, a covert narcissist? Like, how would they have to, how could they respond? And they know they cannot leave due to finances. Yeah. You know, what do they it's do? It's very difficult when you're stuck with them and obviously because of COVID and the pandemic a lot of people have been stuck with these people for longer than they had planned um to cope and deal with it I mean Grey Rock you you can't do that forever obviously because they are going to want to engage you in conversations they are going to maybe want to do family things with you because they want to keep pretending that you are a happy family um the best you can do, I mean, I'm never going to advise someone on how to stay there and how to manage right. long term because that is not sustainable. I'm never going to help anybody do that. That's not what I uh, what I do. But, yeah, if you are stuck for the time being, I mean, the first thing is you need to get a plan together. I don't, I don't know what that plan is. It doesn't matter if it's a year plan, six-month plan, three-month, three weeks, three years, whatever. You need some kind of plan because then you know that there's an end to what you're going through and you're mm. working towards a goal. Uh, you don't tell them, you keep it to yourself and you think about where you want to be or visualize where you want to be, uh, not necessarily physically, I mean emotionally as well. And then it means that if you keep that goal in the forefront of your mind, you're gonna make decisions that are gonna line up with that. Every day you're gonna be plotting and planning, uh, whether that's healing, uh, meditating, spending time with friends and family, um, praying, whatever works for you, you need to start healing and focusing on yourself. Obviously, when you're in the environment with them, they want to take your time and energy. They don't want you focusing on yourself. So it is very difficult to secretly do anything, if you know what I mean. Right. And they will catch on. They'll catch on. If they know you're listening to something, they're going to say, what is that? If you get time on your own if they go out to work then that's great use that time to focus on yourself and heal and work on your plan the plan needs to be your focus that's uh that's just my opinion and yeah i'm i'm never going to advise anyone uh, or help them stay <laughs> and manage the situation manage it for the short term but uh yes i'm never going to help anyone stay if that's what they want that's not what I do. <laughs> that defeats the purpose of being the coach. You're right. <laughs> so I, I mean, I did have someone. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm no, listening. I was just say, I did have someone DM me. Um, I can't remember which country she was in. It was somewhere maybe in Asia, and um, she wanted to have help or advice on managing the husband so that she could love him more or stay and so that he wasn't so um, narky, you know? And I said, uh, I just said, I can't help you do that. That's, uh, I, I get it, you know, some tools to manage in the time being, but I can't help you stay if it's for religious reasons or whatever it is. I, I'm never going to advocate that. You know, I'm not going to tell anyone to leave. It's up to you. Uh, right. But um, yeah, I can't. It just goes against everything I believe in. It's not. It's not possible to stay in a relationship like that for uh, an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, it's like a slow drip death. It's a slow death and not necessarily physical death, but it's the death of who you are. You lose who you are. You become a shell. It's they're taking from you. They're taking. So pieces of you are going. And you become, you look in the mirror, you don't recognize who you are. You don't have that fight. You don't have that glimmer in your eye anymore, that twinkle. Your spark goes, you age, you get sick, you get ailments, you lose weight or maybe put on weight. You're constantly high stress, hypervigilant. It doesn't sound attractive to me. <laughs> it doesn't funny, sound like an attractive option. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> it is funny and ironic that you talked about the body because everything you just described that is trauma so yeah. yesterday I had on another therapist Celeste therapist and our topic was the body keeps the score mm -hmm. absolutely so many people have if you don't want 
to address what's going on or you can't or you bury your head in the sand, your mind may fool you, but your body won't. <laughs> Chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, stress, cortisol, all of that. Got yes. Yeah. You got any of that? You've probably got some toxicity around you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's real. Some people don't believe it, but it's real. But I think if people just take a really good look and not even a good look, a, a deep look and be honest and those glasses of trauma will come off and that's when it gets real. But that the beautiful part is that's when the healing can start, when you can identify yeah. the problem. Exactly, exactly. And you know, depending how long you've been in those situations, it becomes your norm to have these ailments. You don't know where they're coming from, but it becomes your norm. As soon as you take yourself out of there, you obviously don't know this yet, but when you take yourself out, you'll see how quickly your health, as you start to heal, improves. Just being away from them and away from their energy, you'll sleep better after time if you're healing, you know, if you're actually doing something. You're going to sleep better, which means your body's going to be able to heal itself. You're not going to be fuzzy and cloudy. You know, all everything just gets better. Honestly, everything skyrockets. But you have to do stuff to make it happen. You have to decide and take action. Exactly. Because talking about it, I'm going to, I should, I need, that's not a proactive measure whatsoever. That keeps you stuck in that emotional quicksand. And you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And, And also... You don't need permission from anyone to go. You don't need to explain to anyone. You don't need to apologize. You don't need an excuse. If you are not happy, you need to extract yourself from that unhappy situation. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, for everyone, that's going to roll over into the end of our three-part series on <laughs> narcissistic abuse. So Sarah is talking about extracting yourself from that situation. So Part three is going to focus on the healing and what you can do. But if you want details on how to do that, you have to contact Sarah offline. (laughs) (laughs) She's all over social media. Just Google the narc proof and thriving. But Mm -hmm. that's what you want to do just to get started. But really contact her if you really want an action plan because she is a narc. Yeah. Yeah. And um, oh, sorry. No, carry on. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm letting you have the floor. We need to hear whatever comes out of your mouth. (laughs) Sorry. I was just I was just going to say, yeah, go to my Instagram page, Not Proof and Thriving. And the link in my bio has everything there. And I have a group program coming up that they can register for uh, because I know one on one coaching is like it's like a luxury item. Group coaching is a bit more um, suitable for some other people especially if you like that group environment and a community and a safe place to heal. So uh, register your interest for that if you are interested in healing and moving on, living your life, getting free. Exactly. We go from being a, a victim to a survivor, but the ultimate is that you want to be a thriver in life. Yeah. And there's no end. There's no end to thriving. Like I'm still on my journey. It just gets more and more and more and more amazing. And you grow. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's it's exciting. You got to get out of the horrible bits first, but that happens. That just happens as you keep going. Mm. It's life. Mm. So how's (laughs) the weather in Australia before we get off? How's the weather over there? Oh, well, it's been up and down. Like it was really hot the other day. And then today it rained, like lashed down with rain. It's supposed to be summer, but it's like 18 degrees. Um, and it's, yeah, wet and horrible and gray. <laughs> well, what's considered really hot yesterday? What's considered hot? Um, oh, it was uh, 36 degrees. But it's very humid here. So that's um, Celsius. I was about to say, that must be Celsius. because like brain- a... Maybe a hundred, like ninety-eight or something. Oh, it's hot! It, like it's that. hot. It gets really hot. Yeah, but then it's humid as well. It's horrid. I shouldn't complain. The sun was out, but yeah, it's just it's up and down at the moment. 
<laughs> so here in the United States, here in Georgia, particularly, I want to say the high today was about 50-ish, but it's cold as hell right now. It's about 39 degrees Fahrenheit or 34. Ooh, it's I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but that sounds cold. It's cold as hell. That's what, what, that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh. cold. So we are mm -hmm. at our hour mark, and I once mm -hmm. again respect your wishes. And um, everybody, tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. I have Dorcas Pease coming on with her book release, but we'll talk about that later. But I want you to come back next week so that we can finish our three-part series with Sarah. Mm -hmm. yes. Very <laughs> yes. exciting. Sarah, do you have any parting words before I close out? Uh, parting words, just focus on yourself, focus on where you want to be and who your best possible version is, block out the noise and go onto your path to being that person. Anything that doesn't go in line with that, shift it to the side, kick it to the curb, get rid of it. You know what my favorite word, what you said, hmm. was shift. Shift. Yeah. Shift, shift it. it away. Shift it away. It doesn't, if it's not in your, in your journey, get it, get it away. Get it out of your path. That's yeah. right. And get your shift together. Get your shift together. Exactly. And the other way, the other way you can say that as well. <laughs> oh, I'm a cusser. I can say it. Oh, good. good. Yeah. Oh, same here. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Oh, I'll get, get your, your shit together. together. Get your shit together in the nicest, most loving way. <laughs> yeah, get a little raunchy with it. Say it like you really yeah. want. <laughs> get your effing shit together. <laughs> no. You know what I mean. But yes, uh, I really just want the best for everyone. It's possible. Like, I'm smiling and laughing now. I went through the shit. And I, this is a saying that I've always said to, to friends like who were in crappy relationships like years ago, you know, you've got to go through the shit to know exactly what good is. There Not is. to say abuse is necessary, of course, but you know exactly what you don't want and you know exactly what you don't deserve. So get rid of that and go towards what you do want and deserve and start loving yourself nice. and expecting more for your life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is be intentional once you are in your healing mode, be intentional on we know what you don't want because of what you had, but focus on more of what you do want and focus your energy that yes. way, right? Yes. Yeah, so because by default, what you don't want is going to go anyway. What, what you don't want is going to go anyway. So focus on where you're going, what you want, and you'll stay on that path and you'll get there. You've got to be diligent and consistent every day. And then there's no option for it but to happen. That's it. And That's on a that, guarantee. On that note, we're going to let you end on that note. So, Sarah, <laughs> I will see you next week. I will send all that information over to you again with the links. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my love. Yeah. Oh, Pam. Thank you. Pam, See you. Pam, my uh Pam said excellent advice. Thank you. Ah, uh, you're very welcome. Just never you're know. Very, very welcome. Exactly. Yeah. If there's one person who takes something, that's that's good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, my love. I'm going to see you next week. How about that? Yes. Yes. Have a lovely week and weekend. And thank you for yeah. having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Your weekend just got started because it's Friday yes, in my Friday. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to, after our live, since it's Friday there, we're going to have a happy hour cocktail. Oh, wait. Do you drink? Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's been locked down as well of course I can get a wine ready <laughs> we're going to have a cocktail 
oh, once we finish talking, then we'll at the end of it, we're gonna toast each other up. It, it, yeah. it. that sounds good. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to get my happy hours. So it's Thursday night here, but I can start mm. early. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Celebrate your drink. Okay. <laughs> All right, you're on. Take care. You too. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye. You're welcome. <laughs> Everyone, that was so cool. I, I enjoyed talking to her. If you have any questions, you can email me however you want, doesn't matter. But if not, thank you for joining me this week on Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Make sure you visit my podcast, which is Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. And you can find that on all podcast uh, platforms, as well as my social media and my YouTube channel. So make sure and subscribe so you do not miss anything that I post. And you can stay on top and abreast of everything. So anything made your soul vibrate, like it made mine tonight, made Pam vibrate, I see. Why don't you share the podcast with two friends? Share the word. And make sure and tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. We have Dorcas P. She's a author and the subject is going to be touchy, but we need to talk about certain things. You know, in our community, in the Black community, this is my opinion, that we hide a lot of issues and we also do not want to get any help or guidance from it. And so that's why I have this platform here, just because you never know what anyone is going through. So Dorcas, her book is about suicide and depression. So I'm just letting you all know now, there may be some trigger warnings going out tomorrow because I don't know who's dealt with it, but it still needs to be talked about. So hope to see you tomorrow. And let's be on time, okay? Three o'clock doesn't mean 310. <laughs> okay, y'all, I talked enough. Good night. I love you all. God bless you. Mwah. See you later. This little queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti Black girl magic, melanin popping Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage You a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, dog. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.